Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Aloha, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And as always, I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I am also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is my online holistic nutrition certification course, which is designed to take a student from the basics of natural nutrition all the way to the most cutting-edge areas of integrative health and lifestyle transformation. This program is really unlike anything else that's ever been available on the internet featuring a comprehensive 70-video lesson curriculum, 55 bonus videos, a student community support group, and a monthly live video training with me personally, which is like doing a coaching session with me and hundreds of students from all over the world each and every month. This program has received incredible reviews and feedback from students of all backgrounds and all educational levels, such as the budding health experts and professionals to longtime holistic wellness enthusiasts, all the way to the complete beginner. There seems to be a lot here to offer to virtually everyone who has a keen interest in learning how to optimize their body, mind, and spirit through redesigning what they believe is possible, not only for their health, but ultimately for their life and the lives of those around them. And one more thing that sets this course apart from all others is that once you enroll, there are no hidden fees, no limitations on the content that you can access up front, and no time restrictions. This means that once you purchase the program, it is yours period. End of story. There's no six or 12 month time limitations with a continuation fee waiting for you at the end. This is a go at your own pace course that you can continue to access as a lifelong resource that will prove to be an investment into your education, into your health and into your personal growth that will bear fruit for years to come. So you can find more information and enroll into the Holistic Health Mastery Program at www.holistichealthmastery.com. Okay, so jumping into today's show, it is episode number 50, five, zero. This is a huge accomplishment and one I am super proud of and... There's a lot that could be said about this, but before we do that, I just want to send out a huge vote of appreciation to all of you that have supported me along this journey, all of you that have uh, chronicled my journey over the last decade of doing this work and really putting myself out there on the internet space and just sharing my work and, and growing and evolving and shifting and turning and all the amazing transformations that have occurred in my own personal 
life and allowing me the platform to share it all with everybody out there, all of you that have listened to me and have supported me all these years. So thank you so much. And thank you for supporting this podcast. This has truly been a labor of love. And for those who don't know, this podcast is still relatively new. I didn't start releasing interviews on this particular podcast until I want to say February. No, no, in March and April, probably around April 2016 is when I started launching this podcast. And I was literally just uh, recording interviews like a madman, just, you know, like a number of interviews. Some days I had seven interviews in a day, no joke. Um, and I was just going at it because I wanted to, I had a huge host of colleagues and contemporaries and people that I had immediate access to that were world leading experts in their field of holistic health and all the different, you know, all the episodes that we've had up to this point. And we have many, many more on the way, but let's focus in on this episode. Number 50 is with my um, colleague and um, someone that I just really, really respect on a very high level, both as a professional. I love the work that he does as an integrative nutritionist and holistic health educator, uh, but also just as a person, as a as a you know a role model for all the men out there, really an amazing human being, Sean Stevenson. You may have heard of Sean Stevenson because he, in the re- last couple of years, especially the last two years, I want to say he's really starting to blow up as he is deserved to be, um, really as one of the forerunners for the new age of holistic health um, role models, I want to say. And his recent book, Sleep Smarter, is really cracking into the best-selling, the best-sellers list, I believe. I, I Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. I haven't checked into it. But I, I think I saw that at one point. If not, it will be eventually um, because it's an amazing book. It's an amazing topic. And Sean is so passionate about this subject in particular. That's one of the reasons I had to have him on is to talk about what it is to sleep smarter. But in this particular conversation, we unexpectedly went down more of a, a personal journey of his. Both of We both talk a lot about our own personal journey, what we've been through, um, in the last re- the recent you know three years or so, because the last time me and Sean had spoken was about three years ago when he was on my previous podcast. And if you want to check out that interview, that is number three on this uh, podcast show. You can go back down, scroll down to episode three, and that episode with me and Sean is there. And I feel like we were both like different people. We were definitely in a different stage in our life and a different stage in our career. And certainly he has just taken leaps and bounds in his career, and I'm really proud of him. And I'm super happy that I could have him on for this show you're going to love this show. I'm just going to say that I'm going to I'm going to stop talking and I am going to jump into the interview with Sean Stevenson, but I just want to say for the record this was one of my favorite conversations to date. Out of about 80 recorded interviews up to this point, this was one of my favorites because it came at a point in my personal journey where I needed this conversation 
and it just so happened to be recorded. So it, all the better for all of you that get to benefit from it. But for me personally, it was like medicine. And I think it was a little medicinal for Sean too. You can tell in the interview that he gets a little emotional and he really d- digs down deep into his heart and soul to pull out some really inspiring insights for all of us. So without further ado, let's jump into it with Sean Stevenson. Enjoy. Sean Stevenson is a best-selling author and creator of the Model Health Show, featured as the number one health podcast in the country on iTunes. A graduate of the University of Missouri, St. Louis, Sean studied business, biology, and kinesiology and went on to be the founder of Advanced Integrative Health Alliance, a company that provides wellness services for individuals and organizations worldwide. Sean has been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Men's Health Magazine, ESPN, Fox News, and many other media outlets. He is also a frequent keynote speaker for numerous organizations, universities, and conferences, all with outstanding reviews. It is my pleasure and honor to bring on Mr. Sean Stevenson. Ronnie, thank you so much for having me on, man. I truly, truly appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, for all the listeners out there, me and Sean did an interview three years ago, and that that remastered interview is available as number three on this podcast. This this interview is number 50 on this particular podcast. So you guys can go back and check that out and hear about Sean's incredible journey from how he got into all this. Uh, you know, all that all that amazing stuff is available on that interview. And I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, but right now, I kind of feel like I wanted I want to pick up from where we left off. And three years later, I'm really interested in what you've been up to in these last three years. <laughs> oh, man, it has been, oh, man, it's been a wild ride to say, to say the least. And I think that this is really a testament to the power of intention. And not just that, but walking in the direction of your dreams and of your mission. Uh, since that point, I've, man, I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind is this incredible experience of, of writing a book and uh, and having the support of Rodale, my publisher, and getting this in the hands of, of thousands upon thousands of people. And it's been probably the biggest and hardest thing I've ever done in my life uh, outside of being a dad. And it's been incredibly rewarding. I've learned so much and I've been able to connect with people on a level that I never had before, you know, having a show, you know, just like uh, your incredible podcast, you mentioned earlier about, you know, being number one in the country and all that good stuff, which is just amazing. But there's still this very strange, like behind the wall, kind of behind the curtain disconnection Mm. from your listeners. You know, I've got all of these people in over 200 countries checking out the show and I know that they're there. You know, I see some of the comments, but when you actually get to meet these people in person, you know, your, your followers, your fans, your community, your tribe, whatever it is, the people that you want to be, uh, you're just grateful to be a part of their life. 
And to meet those people through the advent of this book has been just transformational in my life for sure. And to to hear those stories firsthand out of people's mouths. So it's been a lot of that over the last few years, just really, really sitting with these things and, and being more receptive because there's definitely a time that you can start to get jaded, especially if you're doing work at a high level and you're helping a lot of people you can start to have that praise just kind of wash over you over you and the criticism same thing you know if you're going to do anything at a high level you're definitely going to have criticism but to get out of that place of being fearful of criticism and also getting drunk off of praise but at the same time being able to fully be present and hear those stories that's what i've been doing and i feel like a like a different person because i understand how how valuable i am and i i don't i can't say that i knew that Three years ago, I knew that I was on to something special, but I didn't truly understand how valuable I am. And if I wasn't alive at this time, so many of these things wouldn't be wouldn't be in existence, you know, and it's really a powerful, a powerful revelation to have. And that's something that has become my new mission outside of helping people to get incredible sleep, helping people to have incredible health. But for people to actually understand how valuable they are. You know, and because I know that with my story and where I came from, to be a person of value, to be something that to to be somebody who's created such an impact on the world, I know all of us have that potential in one way or another. And it's become part of my mission last three years, really in the last few months that I've really made that a consistent thing that I talk about is helping people to un- uncover that value in their own lives. So yeah. uh, that's a little bit of it, man. And uh, one other quick thing, you know, I've moved right now. I'm looking into my backyard, which is literally the woods. So I've gotten <laughs> out of the, the city life. And um, with, again, the power of intention, I didn't even know that this was possible. Um, and also, you know, my show has is, is been a really, really kind of big thing. And it's built this really powerful platform to where, I'm reaching the same amount of people or more than these celebrity names that you see on TV, the Jillian Michaels of the world and people like that. And seeing the power that great, great content and heart actually have to reach more people. Uh, So that's really been an incredible thing in the last three years. And I I guess that's about it, man. Just health and happiness of my family. And I I hope that answers your question. Um, It answers it in a way that... um it penetrates something inside of me and it's so it it speaks to the reflective i i've been using the term holographic reflection um that somehow the universal codes are kind of woven into because when you everything you just said sean is exactly verbatim um exactly what's been going on with me so there's definitely cosmological astrological kind of principles that I think all of us as a collective and as individuals are feeling very much because when you mention how you feel about meeting the people that have followed you online, you know, it's the same feeling I get when I, why I love being a public speaker, why I, I had not taken the path um, full force of being like a V blogger, a YouTuber. I love putting content out there, but there's something I get when I'm actually with people publicly. There's some kind of activation of a uh, genius that comes through me that, that doesn't come through the same way that I do on a video. And um, I just want to touch and, and just reflect real quickly on something you said, because I think it's so 
paramount. And for me personally, it just strikes a chord. You mentioned the 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 possibility of becoming jaded in this in this whole um, this whole journey. And I feel like as a culture, that's something everybody feels on some level. This certain like. Um, you know, jadedness or numbness, right? That's why we're so overly medicated in so many different ways. And for me personally, as of recently, I've, I've, I got the spiritual impulse to take a step back from the pursuit to actually get an idea of what I'm pursuing, you know, like, why am I still doing this? What is that impulse inside of me that wants to keep going forward with this health and personal development message And I've had to take a step back because I realized not a day goes by that somebody doesn't tell me how I've changed their life, how I've inspired them, how I've given them insights that they needed at a time of turmoil. And I got to tell you, um, it's, it's sobering because it started to just wash over me. I was becoming unaffected by it. And nothing could seem to penetrate the thing inside of me that felt numb. No matter how much praise or or acknowledgement or validation I was getting, I felt this numbing. And that's why I decided to take a step back. Um, And also why I was really excited to get on to this conversation with you in particular, because I knew um, something deep would come through. So I just want to reflect that back and just say that your words could not be more timely um, I appreciate it, and I know that everyone listening can uh, definitely appreciate that too. So we're totally going to go into the book, the Sleep Smarter book. We're going to go into all that. But um, before we do, I want to ride out this train of thought a little bit more just yeah. in, in terms of, um, you know, we're so saturated with information, Right. We're we're we're, you know, we're we're uh, we're in pursuit of education and informing ourselves. But I've come to realize that that really isn't what the deal is. It's really has a lot more to do with our personal psychology. It has a lot to do with that impulse inside of us that actually wants to change or in my language to transform. And so I want to touch with you. You know, actually, this is exactly what I want to I want to say. You mentioned uh, in explaining your process, you mentioned that this has been the hardest thing for you in writing this book, besides obviously being a family man. I want to, I want to push the button on that. What, what do you mean by that? Oh man. Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, it's really, you, you have to master your level really. That's the kind of underlying, um, understanding first and foremost is you have to master your level. And I used to think that I was busy. I used to think that I had a lot going on. I used to think that I had a strong platform, but I really didn't understand what that looks like. And now I feel so, I feel so connected to, to every level in some strange way. Like I know that I can touch every level behind me and in front of me, but I'm firmly cemented where I am. I'm really checking in to master this this place that I'm at right now and not missing a moment of, moment of that. And what developed the character to master this level right now is embracing is embracing the work. And so in order for me to do this process, I, I'm just I'm one of those people where I can't I can't half do something. You know, it's all or nothing. And that has led to some problems in the past, but also has led <laughs> to big success as well. And so uh with with having this book deal and having all these uh, incredible publishers 
vying for me and, and wanted me to be a part of their publishing house, you know, I ultimately went with Rodale because I knew that they were the voice in the in the health category as far as nonfiction books that are out there. They're the dominant force. And I also knew just from the initial conversation that they were they were not going to try to water down my message. And so that was really important. And so now that I got what I wanted in my publishing house, now I had to actually do what I was setting out to do. You know, I had to fully step into that and to to deliver. And it wasn't like it was pressure. It's not like that. It was and I let me preface by saying this. I love, I absolutely love to write. Love it. I love to write. And now it was it was somebody, it was actually a whole industry waiting on me, mm. you know, and I had to really step up to the plate and execute. And so that required me to make some tough decisions, some bittersweet moments. Uh, one of those was closing my practice, which is a very successful practice for over a decade in, in, um, in consulting and clinical nutrition for over 10 years. And it was, and I realized that it had become like a security blanket and I realized that I loved that work, but I was not in love with it. You know, like you might hear in a relationship, you know, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And by the way, if anybody ever says that to you, please walk away immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like the worst thing to say to somebody. But that's how I felt about my about my practice and my clinic. And so I made the decision to close my practice and to focus 120% of my energy on writing, on uh, basically my mission was to influence influencers, you know, and to focus on that through books, through the model health show, through my, through my show and, you know, through speaking and all this stuff that I started off doing before I even got into any of the online stuff, I got back connected with that, but it was a whole new ball game because, you know, I'm at a different level. And so that level required a lot more intense work and intense focus. So, that's kind of the foundation behind it. Now, there was another really important component that I don't want to I don't want to want to miss out on talking about. With closing my practice and shifting my focus to writing, um it brought a whole new structure for my life as well. You know, I had to re- figure out how to live again for a little while there. <laughs> you know, and figure out how to structure my day, figure out how to structure um executing on getting the work done. And that really was difficult for me because I had become locked in a pattern and also patterns of thinking that I didn't even realize for the past 10 plus years. So this is another really hallmark thing. And a question I would pose for everyone is, when's the last time you did something for the first time? (laughs) And to really sit with that, because we, even the best of us, you know, who are like, we're about progress, we're about growth, but it's growth that is comfortable for us still. Right. You know, and so when's the last time you did something that was actually really uncomfortable, but that was still in the direction of your dream, you know, it was still in the path. And the thing you might be in the back of your mind, just saying, you know what, I, I can't really do that right now. I don't have the connections. I don't have the resources. I don't have the finances. I don't have the whatever, you know, fill in the blank. I don't I don't have the whatever. Just keep on with the excuses. And ultimately, we can still take action towards that thing. And so making this decision to do this work, I didn't know that it was going to come with a new shift into my approach to living. And so that was all kind of melded into it. Again, the process, though, itself was beautiful. I loved the process of writing and, and creating this 
incredible book that came out of this whole situation. Uh, but there were some things that pushed up against my comfort zone in a big, big way. Um, deadlines, for example. I'll tell you right now, right off the bat, Ronnie, why I've been an entrepreneur for so long is I don't really like people telling me what to do. You know? <laughs> and so that's just full transparency. You know, my wife knows this, but I've also become weathered and become more grace. I would say I really love the word grace for right now, this time in my life, becoming more graceful and accepting. Uh, and I'll just, you just change in the language. No one's telling me what to do. They're advising, they're giving coaching, they're offering, you know, they're offering mentorship, you know, just changing the language softens, softens it a lot for me, you know? And so having, uh, an, a really powerful, amazing editor, for example, and still sticking to what my, I want for my vision. So having to work on those muscles as well of having other people involved in, on my vision, on creating my vision, which I never did before, you know? So all of those things really helped to, to create this, what I said earlier, which is the toughest thing I've ever done. Um, so kind of locking in, putting those hours in writing and like, you know, physical pain even coming because even though I advise people to take breaks while they're working, <laughs> dude, you know, when you get in the zone, you know, like my hands, I was developing like corporal tunnel or whatever because of the, mm. the typing and the clicking and the research, I was obsessed and I had to really check myself even through that process and to do those small things to take care of my health, you know, because I'm a firm believer in in paying yourself first as far as your health is concerned. So you show up better for everybody else, you know? So I really had to focus on those small things during the day of, you know, even right now I'm standing on my grounding mat, you know, and making sure I'm getting some time outside in the sun, making sure that I'm, you know, hydrated, all those simple things that can get lost if you're obsessed with your vision. And so that's really kind of at the heart of it. And I want to say one other thing really quickly, you know, about this, uh, something you mentioned earlier when I said about being jaded, because this is really important. Now, it's easy today to get jaded by negativity, you know, to get jaded by the the same old thing on the news is the blues, you know, that same thing, you know, the fear, the 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 violence, the lack, the desperation, the struggles, all of that stuff coming at us, and we become. We become blind to it, you know, we become jaded by it because it becomes a part of our psyche, you know, and it's just more fear and we just live with it. But the crazy thing is you can become jaded on the other end of the spectrum with goodness and with positivity and with happiness and life and growth and success. And even though everybody listening has heard this before, hopefully you're going to hear this in a whole new light because that's something to be that's something to be concerned about. Because you don't want that to be your life and you start missing out on just how good your life actually is. And this simple word is so powerful and it's gratitude. But it's a practice. It doesn't come naturally to us. It really doesn't. And people might want to, you know, if somebody can argue about this, we're spiritual beings having a human, whatever. We're hardwired to look for problems. This is how we're wired up. You know, if you really study evolutionary biology, our brains even, they've evolved on top of other brains. You know, we've got a brain that's really, that will take over in a second, you know, your quote reptile brain, your amygdala, just based off of a stress situation or a stressful uh, thing that you even think about. That part of your brain can hijack the whole machine. All right. So we got to understand we're hard, hardwired to look for problems. So looking at the positivity and the goodness, it takes work. It takes a practice. So it's something as simple as this. 
me today getting a message from somebody, you know, on Instagram just about, um, what was the one today? Oh, yes. Oh, it was just about uh, a woman who actually got a few copies of Sleep Smarter and it's helping her tremendously and she got copies for her friends. And instead of me just like, oh, that's cool, double tap, move on, I'll just sit with it for just a moment. Yes. Just really think about it and give thanks and just hold on to that moment for just just a little bit and then let it go. Yeah. You know, again, so I'm not I'm not getting drunk off of it to where I'm not performing or is coloring my vision too much. It's just that I took that moment to embrace that goodness, you know, and I didn't miss it, which I used to do. And so that's something we all, especially people who listen to um, a podcast like this is you don't want to get jaded by the goodness in your life, because I guarantee you, no matter how difficult your challenge is right now, you're in a position to serve a lot of other people. You're in a position to help a lot of other people. Your story is so much better than many others, and you've got gifts to give. But it's going to be difficult when times get difficult if you feel like you're not good enough or you feel like the the happiness that you feel you deserve isn't around you because I promise you it is. You just have to pay attention. Yeah, you're, you're, it's so fascinating to hear all this because you're literally speaking – Again, a reflection of what's been coming up for me, and I don't want to, I don't, this definitely isn't about me, but hopefully um, this can also be a reflection for anyone listening to this um, in the sense that, too, you know, I've been really tapping back into Anthony Robbins' work, and um, we all love Tony Robbins. He's been like kind of a grandfather, so to speak, for many of us. Um, and he, he has this quote that I, I maybe I've heard it before, but I didn't hear it until now, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And he said that you need to divorce your story and marry the truth. And I really, it hit me in a point where all the layers of story, I've been going into my conscious computer and really digging up everything that I could find that was a story, whether it was a positive story or not. I wanted to get clear, like, what are the storylines that are running the show? And until I get to the truth, the, the honest truth, um, essentially, which leads to compassion and unconditional love for myself first, I can't be an emanation of what I seek to, um, you know, provide in terms of value to help other people um, and come from a place, like you said, of taking every compliment, taking every shift that someone else attributes to maybe something I help them with and taking it into myself and, and letting that shift me, right, and keeping that feedback loop of positivity and um, in alignment. And so... Um, just touching on that for a moment, I think it's really relative to everything that you've shared and the idea of rekindling that intrinsic passion to be a, you know, quote Michael Beckwith, a beneficial presence on the planet. Um, it seems to me that every single thing, every single uh, maybe hesitancy that we have in life is rooted in some kind of fear and what insulates that fear similar to maybe call it protein deposits that insulate a cancer cell there's a story that is circulating does that does that ring true for you or would you like to elaborate on that idea
open. Hello? Hello? Man, my mic was muted. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. So sorry, man. (laughs) Did you hear everything? I did. Yes, 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 man. Oh my goodness. So sorry about that, bro. <laughs> I was I was making sure my wife just left out of the house, so I was making sure that the door was closed and I muted the line. So my man, yeah. Well, dude, yeah. So I love that, especially, you know, the work of Michael Bernard Beckwith is just paramount and amazing. But really this is what it's all about. You know, when somebody is saying that I want my kids to just be good people, yeah. you know, or I want, I, I just want to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm being a good person. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I am a good person. What does that mean? You know, what does that mean? Because a lot of good people fail, you know, a lot of good people struggle. I just wrote about this today, actually. Uh, a lot of good, really smart people struggle to have the health that they want, the body that they want. Uh, a great example is the icon Oprah, you know, right. Oprah Winfrey, she can literally, she could buy all of our houses right now, everybody listening. And, you know, she wouldn't be hurting in the pocket by any means, you know. And she's a really, really interesting figure because she has the ability to do almost anything. But at the same time, she can't seem to figure out or master or buy her health, you know. And she's one of the biggest people that we could say for for certain who's brought positive messages to major media, you know, and she made a a concerted effort very early on to not be in the news anymore because it was all bad news. And we have her to thank for that. So talk about being a beneficial presence, a present, a beneficial presence on the planet. That is somebody right there, bar none. But at the same time, it doesn't matter how good you are or how, or how much, um, or how smart you are or how much you think you're doing, there are certain things in life that you have to still understand the principles behind. And when it comes with Oprah, for the example of understanding how to change her body, the principles that she's been privy to don't really match up, you know, because she knows there's a way she's lost weight. You know, she, she's good at losing weight, but she always seems to find it. You know, She's really good at losing weight. All of us, can lose weight, all of us, you know, but how do we actually uncover where we let it go permanently? And again, it doesn't matter how good of a person you are. It matters. Are you, are you practicing the principles? Right. You know? And so that's what it really boils down to. So being a beneficial presence on the planet is number one. Yes. Being a do gooder, you know, being a go giver. Yes. Those things are important, but also practicing the principles of being a beneficial presence. So what do those things look like, you know, in the grand scheme of things? How much value are you giving to the lives of other people? You know, and there's another wonderful quote that says, uh, service to many leads to greatness. You know, this is a scriptural reference, service to many leads to greatness. And that all that is always really spoke to me. And always looking for a way that I can serve not just a lot of people, but the depth, you know, you've got to have the, the, the breadth and the depth, you know, you've got to have the, 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 um, the full picture, you know? So how deep can you go with somebody? Can you actually, if somebody right now, if they're a health practitioner to be able to look another human being in their eyes, who's struggling with their health, who might be 
on their last shot. You know, they're already been told, you know, you've got a few months to live um, or this thing is incurable or, you know, you're, you're never going to get blank. You know, you're never going to be able to um, to improve your vision again after this accident. To look that person in the eye, to see them, you know, person to person, heart to heart, and to look them in their eyes and tell them, I got you. Mm-hmm. I've got you. We're going to do this together. I'm going to give you everything that I've got, and I'm expecting you to do the same thing, and you will get better. You know, to have the audacity to do that, to care that much, and to follow up your actions, that's when you are truly being a beneficial presence. You know, and there's different versions of that. You know, I just gave it a version from the health perspective as a, as a coach of some sort or, uh, you know, a clinician. But those are those moments, you know, because somebody can write – uh, a really good book and not practice the principles. You know, somebody can um, be a wealthy practitioner of some sort, but their their pe- their people, their clients, their patients are not truly thriving. You know, there's ver- there's variations of all of this stuff. You know, but it, what it really boils down to is can you can you really go deep with somebody as well, and and not just it's, I don't know why all these scriptural things are coming up, but the whole um, I guess because you brought up Michael Beckwith, but the, the the idea of if you give a man a fish, he can eat for the day. If you could teach him a fish, he can eat for a lifetime kind of thing. You know, how many people are you teaching to fish for a lifetime, you know, and not just even giving a handout? The handout's important, though. You know, that's that's being a beneficial presence. But to what degree are we going to go? I mean, this is like this is getting into some complicated things that are really actually simple, you know, but it's, uh, but it goes back to the first thing that I said earlier, which is to master the level, the level that you're at, you know, because Anthony Robbins, you brought up as well. He started off with that story he shares all the time, which is, uh, he set out to feed two families over Thanksgiving because he never had that, you know, his family was, was poor and broken. Uh, another, uh, organization that came by and brought food on Thanksgiving, and he wanted to be able to do that for others. And eventually that evolved into feeding, like, I think, four million people last year with his organization. And it started as two. But also he's looking at that's that level where people are getting fed who need to get fed. But the other level that he's operating with simultaneously is teaching people like us, <laughs> you know, to be able to impact people at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's got that both, you know, the, the the breadth and the depth, both, you know, lots and lots of people he's reaching on on a uh, very uh, an, on the fringe level, you know, just being able to have a meal. But that depth is remarkable. This is why he's going to go down in the books as somebody who changed who changed the world. Mm. Yeah, very well, very well explained and articulated. And one last thing on that note, uh, before we dive into the sleep smarter uh, topic, um, one thing that came up for me as you're talking about going deep with somebody is uh, that's exactly what I do when I work with people. And that's what I pride myself on is being able to tap into the motivating triggers behind the quote unquote protocol or behind the quote unquote symptom of a, of a physical and mental emotional dis-ease. And I thought about this idea that <clears throat> sometimes it's not enough to just believe in yourself. Sometimes what you need is to know somebody else believes in you first. 
Mm-hmm. Powerful, man. I mean, th- what, what else is there? You know, what else is there? Man, that just brought up a lot of things for me, man. And even, um, you know, I mentioned uh, my wife just left to go and pick up my sons. And we we strive, we really strive for that. You know, this is another thing where, again, people who are very evolved in their thinking and spiritually inclined, I mean, truly evolved human beings can argue that, you know, um, enlightenment is a solo journey, mm. you know, and... Your happiness is dependent on you. You know, I've been through that. I've been through those phases of thinking. Yeah. And there are, there are parts of that that remain. But at the end of the day, again, if you look at reality, <laughs> the you know, truth. actually what's going on here on this planet and what's been going on the whole time, we're social creatures. You know, we are, everything about you is social. Every cell in your body is social and you better be thankful for that. Mm. You know, so let's not lie to ourselves that our enlightenment is a is a singular journey or it's a solo journey that our happiness is dependent on us. You know what? I made a decision a couple of years ago. It's probably about it's probably about well my son is my youngest son is 4, so it's probably about 5 years ago that I was going to take the risk of putting my happiness into my wife. Mm. I went through a phase of about two years where I practiced that. No matter what mood she was in, I was practicing choosing the mood that I wanted. And I've mastered that thing. But there was this hole because I was losing connection. And I made the decision that her, my enlightenment is through her. And I want to do everything in my power to make that other life as happy as she can possibly be. And the same thing with my kids, you know, and a lot of parents strive to do that automatically, but then the enlightened person will tell them, you know, that's not the path. That's not the path to happiness is trying to make your children happy and make your, your spouse happy and your family happy. It's a, it's a big part of the game because I'm telling you right now, if you're going to be successful in reality, it's going to be with and through the assistance of other people. I promise you that, you know, and the number one most influential factor on our health, on our success in life, on our happiness is our relationships. Yes. You know, so when I was able to position things and to step up into my greatness and to actually earn my wife's belief in me, because a lot of us, especially men, we, we want it. We think that we deserve it. Mm. And you actually, you really do. It's a rite of passage. You have to earn that for somebody to truly believe in you. You know, why don't you believe in my dream? Earn it. <laughs> you know, really, that's what it really boils down to. So being able to earn, earn her belief in me took everything to a, a whole new level. And it's so funny that it kind of corresponds with the, that three years ago and all the things that have transpired. You know, once I truly had that support and that belief in me, oh my goodness, man, it just, it, the floodgates open, you know, because you, you feel like no matter what, there's somebody that knows how remarkable you are, you know, and it just really motivates you and pushes you to another level. And I'm so grateful for that. But again, I've got to say it, I had to earn it. I had to earn that first because I wanted it. 
That's always, and I was like bent on it. Like if you would just, if you would just, you, you, this is the part that we get twisted is that, that part of our happiness is like you, but you have to do it first. Right. And then the environment will start to conform to that, you know? So I hope that makes sense, man. It's, oh, it's, it's a lot to- you, you, Brother, you give me goosebumps right now. Every single thing you start talking about is literally what I'm experiencing um, within myself and, and, again, the reflection of my reality. Using that as feedback, not using it as judgment or another story creation, but using it as feedback. And I don't know, I don't know what it is, but this whole conversation is, is the medicine for me. And, and, again, obviously I would hope that it would be for everyone listening. Um, but you said something really, really interesting here is that it goes back to that idea that you deserve love, but you're not entitled to it. Ooh. Yeah. So you, you earn it. And again, it's not this Western colonial, like, oh, I'm going to go out there and make it happen. It's, it works through you. It's a presence that you have. It's a practice. It's a daily choice that you make to improve yourself and to to work closer to that vision you have but you're not entitled to it but yes you do deserve it so you have to align with it and live it yes dude that that is a powerful statement man it's so perfectly said you know you deserve it but you're not entitled to it and and just just think about how many people walk around with a sense of entitlement you know and that's where all my pain comes from being entitled Yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And we do, it is possible to get to a place where your deserving precedes you, your reputation, your reputation mm. precedes you, you know, where you don't, where you no longer have to introduce yourself and it's already established <laughs> what you deserve. Yes, you can definitely get to that place. But on that day to day thing, the lady at the health food store or the grocery store, she doesn't know you. Right. She doesn't. You're not entitled to her respect. You give it. Wow. You know, you find a way to add some value to her. Don't you know, she's not saying, well, thank you. Have a nice day. I mean, that's tough stuff. Even as I'm saying this, it does get on my nerves. I hold the door for somebody, you know, a lady or a, a guy with, you know, he's got, you know, I don't know. Whatever situation, and they don't say thank you, don't acknowledge it. I'm like, dang, well. But I did the I did the practice, and I should be grateful that I did the practice because what I'm doing, I'm developing that muscle to be able to to do it for people who do appreciate it in that moment. But if I just get into a place where I'm again jaded by opening doors for people or being kind or being friendly, man, my life is gonna suck. <laughs> and guess what? And guess what? It's so interesting how nine times out of 10, when you give that little extra act of kindness or show a little bit that a little bit of extra respect for somebody as a human being, how that starts to trickle down and it can change their day. You know, the next person after you in that in that line is going to get a, a, a much more delighted human being who's serving them because you simply and you don't lose anything. A big part of why we don't do that is because we feel like we're losing something. You know, if I'm the one to be kind, I'm losing it. It's just going to make you feel better. <laughs> Which you is know? the so point. Do it, do it out of selfishness, if anything, you know, just <sighs> instead of walking around with a sense of entitlement, like everybody should should know who I am and, you know, or should uh, respect me because I'm in the building. Come on, man. I mean, 
that that those days are over. You know, like there's 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 enough Kanye West in the planet. You know, there's there's one, and that's enough. You know, and we don't even know him. He might be totally different. Chances are he's not. Chances are he is a, a, a bit of a you know he's not the best person to be around. But people love him. There are people who love him. There are people that value him. There are people who understand his presence and. You know, even still, even those those moments, because we all can go through those moments where we're um, where we're spewing negativity on other people. It happens. It happens. But we get to choose. We get to choose what our what our template is, you know, and so kind of the point I want to get to with this is. You're automatically going to start falling into patterns this is how we operate and the quicker that we can get that we're not that we're not more important than the next person the quicker we're going to be even more successful i promise you because i'm seeing it right man there's some stuff that i would share right now man that i'm seeing which is so crazy I'll share it. Do you want me to share it, man? I want you to share anything you want to share. All right. Just today, I, I got a text from uh, a guy who's just crushing it, like one of the most successful people online for a long, long time and, and offline as well. And he sent me a text. He was like, um, actually, let me read the text. Real TV here, guys. Yes. All right. So here's what the text said. And this was totally out of the blue. Like, we've only, like, chatted a couple of times, you know. But so he sent this text. And it says, dude, that's the first sentence. (laughs) Screw Ariana Huffington. She's obviously got it out for you. All right. So I'm like. What? That's so crazy because right at that moment when that text came in from this most unlikely uh, source, I was going back and forth on how to process this information. You know, um, my new book, Sleep Smarter, has just really uh, come to market. And Ariana Huffington's book, The Sleep Revolution, came out a couple of weeks after mine. (laughs) And when I was sitting there with the publisher last summer, I'm like... Somebody's going to do this. You've got the book right here, right now. Let's go. Somebody's going to do this because even my agents, well, the, uh, not my agent, my agent's amazing, but the other agents that I was talking with and debating on working with, they were trying to push me in another direction. It was like with your platform and your experience and your history, you'd be great with the with the diet book or weight loss book. Or and I was like, no, no. Yeah, we need more of those. Right here. Yes. <laughs> there's a bazillion of those. And there's always a new way to, a new approach that you can kind of come from but the bottom line was this is a subject that is poorly lacking in our society Mm. and so i i set off on that journey and they found out later on about her book coming out and they wanted to beat her to market and so i was like let's go let's get out there but i still saw it as cooperation yes right and but seeing it firsthand you know one of the things that was so interesting when the book first uh, came out before it was actually released publicly, but you know the the finished copies came in, and the in house publishers uh, publicists at 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 my uh, at Rodale start to send out copies to different places, and uh, big entities like the Doctor Oz Show and all this stuff were very very excited about the book, and but I'm Sean Stevenson, you know I'm I'm somebody who's 
I'm somebody who's very, very respected and known in this space, in the health space, the podcasting world, and that's all good. Ariana is an icon. You know, she's an icon. I'm the expert. She's the icon. And so guess who's ending up on Dr. Oz? Mm. The icon is, you know, and that's fine. You know, they're still getting all these messages, you know, they're interested in this and they want to do that. And, you know, but it's just, it's so delayed and it's so, there's so many things that are not clicking there. And it's just like, what, what is going on? Well, and I had this really strange feeling because some of the language that she uses and that other people use, they came from my ideas. You know, I put, I'm like the first person that put together something that we know, but nobody's ever really said it, which is for, for one of the things, for example, is the connection between sex and sleep, right? We know this in popular, in popular culture that, you know, people have sex and they get, tend to get sleepy, especially guys, as far as the media, you know? And so, but why, why is this real? Let me go and find out. And I uncovered and found a way to communicate how intimately these two things connect. For example, the increase in oxytocin. And this is published in, and these are generally going to be uh, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies that I'm talking about in, in Sleep Smarter. And the benefit of oxytocin to basically counteract cortisol, which is the anti-sleep hormone for sure, to facilitate better sleep. You know, oxytocin, aka the cuddle hormone. Mm-hmm. And I just heard, and, and I walked into the studio the other day to do a show and my video guy there was like, yeah, Ariana was just on Late Night with Stephen Colbert. And she said that uh, an orgasm is nature's ambient. What? <laughs> Come on. Really? <laughs> but again, I could be like, ah, oh, that there's some kind of uh, thievery going on here. But that's so stupid and selfish to even think something like that. And to make matters even worse or better. I got a uh, message from another person who just interviewed her, a friend of mine, and he sent the text. He was like, dude, Ariana loves your book. And she she listened to the interview that we did, and she's got her notes from that show right in front of her right now. Wow. That's wow. amazing. That's powerful. Total, and that's the point. And thank you so much for sharing that, that just that authenticity and that story, because it's one of those things that you could distill down into the fabric of your own basic life. What comes up for me as a great segue into that topic is that that cooperation, that collaborative mindset allows you to actually sleep better. And you're yeah. talking about sleeping smarter now. That's right, dude. I mean, you said it, you said it perfectly. That is like, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, (laughs) I I really, I really hope to communicate that, man, I love that, dude. I love that. It will help you to sleep better for sure. You will, if you're struggling with, you know, these crazy ideas that somebody, first of all, let me, let me make something really clear, guys. And I love you guys. I really do. But I want to see everybody winning more. I want to see more winning. Mm. And the only person you're playing against is yourself. But if you are worried about somebody stealing your ideas and you live in 2016, maybe if you happen upon a DeLorean and you go back to like the 1970s and like everything is uh, trademarked or whatever and inventions or whatever. But it's the Internet. We've got everybody's got access to everything. 
So being in fear of somebody taking your ideas is holding you back. Being in fear of sharing your gifts, the very best ideas, the very best insights that you've ever had, holding back on sharing those things is only hurting you because there is not an idea in existence right now that hasn't already been implanted in other people's spirits. Yeah. You know, so just say yes to it and share. And I promise you the good is going to come to you. You know, so in that example, I've, I've, I've actually admired, I've admired uh, Ariana Huffington for many years. And I mean, just the audacity and, and heart and courage of this woman to create the entity that she's had. She's, she literally changed news. She changed how news is done and how it's consumed. And she went through her own struggles uh, tragically with her health and finding that optimizing her sleep was able to transform her entire life and bring her back to actually enjoy the fruits of her labor. How could I feel some type of, uh, how can I feel some type of way but how can I feel some type of uh, remorse or uh, I don't even like that word. Like, I, I'll, I'll say peanut butter and jealousy. Right? <laughs> how can I feel that for somebody who I admire so much and who's in certain ways allowed me to contribute by being a part of my story and a part of my my heart, you know? And with that said, I just want to do anything that I can to lift her up. And to support her because at the end of the day, I'm successful. I'm already successful. Mm. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I have my family. I have people who I wake up every day and I ask the question, how can I serve? And I serve these people. I don't need any more stuff. I don't need any more acknowledgement. You know, that's nice. That's all nice. That's like, that's the cherry on top. Right. But some, I might be allergic to cherries. You know what I'm saying? So it's really just, first of all, understanding that doing good work and giving and making that impact is really what it's all about. All that other stuff is just bonus. That's extra. That's a bonus sandwich. I, I don't know why I'm using these food analogies, but the bottom line is you'll know already. You'll know when you master your level. You know, and really being about that, you know, being about mastering your level and creating the person that can actually handle when those bigger things come your way. Because I promise you, if this was three years ago, this would have been overwhelming for me. I would have adjusted. I would have made something happen, but it wouldn't have been so. I wouldn't have had so much presence and so much awareness, even over the crazy thoughts that might come up to redirect that to service. And to redirect that to what my real mission is here. You know, I'm not trying to to sell a a bunch of books and then disappear, you know, be on to the next thing. I want to impact the lives of two million people directly with this one book. That's the goal. And then outside of that, I mean, that two million directly, that's 200 million. That's (laughs) that gets really big for the people who impact the other people. So me holding on to my message and worrying about, oh, is Ariana utilizing some of my message or is such and such? I'm missing the whole point, which is I'm here to be a beneficial presence on the planet. Mm -hmm. And it can't be just through my little life. (laughs) If I do that, I'm literally going to end my my opportunity here 
a whole lot faster by stressing out and trying to save the world by myself. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting one as a young man because oftentimes, you know, I'm so happy when people remind me that, hey, you're almost like 31. Like, it's okay. You don't have to be at this place. And energetically and just on my life's path, I never really felt my age. I always felt like I was... You know, I had the mind and heart of someone in their 45 or 50s, right? Traditionally, I would date women that were, you know, at least 15 years older than me for certain reasons. And so I would feel this like pressure on me and I didn't know where it was coming from. I couldn't identify it. I just knew that I had to alchemize it somehow. I had to use it and match it with a vision that somehow I could rise to the occasion. And through this conversation and my own revelations, I'm realizing like, there's certain things that you're only going to learn through time and through experience and through grace and patience. And there really is no point in trying to speed up the process because what happens then? Okay, then you get this big platform and you get this acknowledgement, but the acknowledgement right now isn't even doing it. So what makes you think that it's going to do it You know, later? It's kind of an interesting spiral that um, I think all of us, inevitably go through and have to actually, um, you know, as you said, um, take on a state of grace so that when we do get acknowledgement, it actually feels good. Mm. And then that Mm. way we actually get quality sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, bro. Love it. Um, yeah. So let's, and by the way, Sean, um, there are no real time parameters on my show. That's why it's my show. Um, so you can go as long or as deep as you feel you want to. I really want to touch more on the Sleep Smarter book and just some really incredible principles that you want to pull out for everybody listening. Absolutely, man. So uh, we might actually need to do another show, man. We might have. Um, well, I'm totally, <laughs> totally available for that. Awesome. Awesome. I've got I've got one more interview here in about 20 minutes. Mm. And, you know, um, I I allotted uh, (laughs) I think it was maybe an hour and a half to kick it with you, which um, is it's always a pleasure, man. And I I didn't know that these things were going to be said today or shared, but I'm glad they were. And I hope that they hit people's spirits. And uh, there's some there's some change that's happening right now, you know, and and. What I what I really want to say and, you know, just to kind of talk about it a, a, a little bit, at least, is the reason that sleep is it's actually looked at in our culture like an obstacle. It's a problem. You know, the reason that it's looked at as an obstacle and something that is a problem or something that we have to do is because we're so inundated with the idea that we have to work hard in order to achieve. Right. Now, it's not that that's not a component of success. You know, there would definitely be some uh, sweat equity involved, for sure. But here's the thing about reality. You know, there's that yin and yang or yin and yang, depending on your your status, you know, how you want to say it. But there's a balance there. And... Ultimately, if you're not cultivating that that energy, you know, your chi, your your jing, if you're not really filling yourself back up 
and taking rest because one of the spiritual laws is being able to take rest. You know, take rest and know that I am. Take rest and know that I got you, you know? And we've really lost sight of the, of that really important thing. And now that's a spiritual thing. I'm a very analytical guy, but, you know, you get a little spiritual here and there, but your genes expect you to sleep. I'm not talking about your skinny genes. I'm talking about what's contained within your DNA. Your DNA literally expects you to sleep. And it is the number one most influential factor on what your DNA is doing. Newsflash today, guys. Nutrition is obviously critical. Obviously. Your you know, movement, exercise, stress, relationships, all those things are important. Sleep outweighs all of those things. And there's a tremendous amount of uh, just powerful material inside Sleep Smarter that really breaks that down. One of the things I'll share with you guys. So recently... It's really come to the forefront, you know, Elizabeth Blackburn winning the Nobel Prize, the discovery of the of telomerase, an enzyme that can add length back onto your telomeres. And so our telomeres are the most, I would say it's the most accurate biological marker that we have for how long we're going to live. And uh, University of California actually found out that sleep deprivation is one of the biggest drivers for accelerated loss of your telomere length. Okay. So you are literally aging yourself tremendously faster when you're not getting sleep. And so a lot of us will lie to ourselves, especially if we're in a high level of nutrition group. And we'll use that as like a badge of honor. I know I did that. You know, Um, you know, I'm I'm eating a lot of raw foods. I'm very clean. I'm spiritually inclined. I don't need that much sleep. You know, four hours is all I need. Mm. Hmm. Accelerated loss of your telomere length. Let me say that again. And unless you're investing, you know, whatever, $5,000, whatever that crazy amount is to get some telomerase supplements, (laughs) chances are you're not adding back on to that telomere length. You're just burning it off and you're going to hit a wall. And I know there's people listening that have hit that wall where everything was all sunshine and roses. And all of a sudden it's a struggle to get out of bed It's a struggle to do the things that I normally do in my life. It's a struggle to think. And, you know, people come into my clinic for years, like, and looking at me automatically like allopathic physician, you know, what can I take for my energy? What can I take to lose weight? What can I take? What can I take? What can I take to help me sleep? And (laughs) at the end of the day, great sleep is a solution for all of those things. So as far as what can I take for weight loss? Study done by University of Chicago. They had exercise. Well, I'm going to share this one first. This is it. Okay. Study University of Chicago. Powerful, incredibly important study. There's so many that, studies that um, I couldn't put them all into Sleep Smarter and keep that cohesiveness and that great flow to the book. But this one was really important. And so University of Chicago, and they had dieters, and they put them on a very strict diet where they're counting calories. They know exactly what they're eating. And they also had them get eight and a half hours of sleep. All right. So that's the first phase of the study. Second phase. Mm, really interesting what happens. Same exact diet, but now they sleep deprived them. So now they can only get five and a half hours of sleep. Still tracking their food. Same exact diet. And what they discovered was that 
when they were getting three hours more sleep, they ended up losing 55% more body fat. Okay. Not cutting more calories, not exercising more, but simply by changing the amount of sleep they were getting. And I didn't say 55% more weight. They lost 55% more body fat. All right. That's the stuff that most people are targeting getting rid of. And it was simply by changing their sleep. Now, in Sleep Smarter, we focus on sleeping smarter. We're not, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. Quantity is important. It's like calories. Calories are important, but it's not the only thing, and it's far from it. It's the quality of those calories. That's why it's the quality of the quantity of sleep that you're getting. It's the quality of those hours that matters far more. And it's like timing and investment as well. So it's not just how much you invest, but when you invest. Mm-hmm. You know, So even timing your sleep or putting it at certain anabolic windows in the night, you get more physiological metabolic benefit as well. And so the research shows that it's between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And note that that's going to vary depending on the time of the year, how far you're from the equator, all that stuff, whether or not you're, uh, the country you're in practices time zones, which is a weird thing humans do. is like, you know what? Let's change the time by an hour. <laughs> And screwing with everybody, you know, their biological clock. But um, it's because basically that's within a, fin- within a few hours of it getting dark outside. And naturally during the winter, humans, again, evolutionary biology, we would be sleeping more because it's not safe to be out in the darkness because we're not, not nocturnal creatures, period. Like our senses suck at night comparatively. I mean, that lion can see and smell you. You can't see it or smell it. Chances are, you know. And so understanding within a few hours of getting dark outside, we're going to get our greatest secretion of human growth hormone if we're asleep, a.k.a. the youth hormone. And that contributes to the uh, reinforcement and development of your lean muscle tissue and uh, being able to retain that muscle tissue. Uh, Testosterone levels are going to be peaked not just then, but throughout the day by optimizing your sleep in that man, um, anabolic window. Your melatonin as well, if you're asleep, is going to help you to get your normal sleep cycles. But if your ele- melatonin is elevated because you're sleeping at the wrong time, you've been exposed to artificial light for several hours at night, your melatonin is going to be suppressed. And Harvard researchers found that it's about three hours of that you're off your laptop or your iPhone or your computer or your TV Melatonin is suppressed for about three hours. Here's the, here's the big red flag and why this matters. And this is why, especially with this audience, can really understand how important this is, is that there was a phenomenal um, nurses study, and many different studies pull from this. But what they discovered was that nurses who work the overnight shift, okay, so nurses who are doing the shift work and working overnight, they have about a 30% greater incidence of breast cancer than the normal population. Higher levels of heart disease, diabetes, obesity, you name it. Why? They're nurses. You know, they should be healthy. Working at a university for so many years, I had the opportunity to work with so many people, you know, pre-med students and, um, and nurses. And seeing their befores and afters, after their clinicals and after... Oh, my goodness, man. It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. But the people that I work with, I was able to, you know, help to d- guide them as best as I could in, the, in that time. And I definitely wasn't at the level that I'm at now. 
so they can kind of stave off the negative side effects of the work they were about to do. And I would quiz them. And I still do to this day whenever I talk with a nurse uh, or a physician. I'm like, so at your hospital or at your office, how many people out of 10 that work at your hospital are fit? And usually they'll say one or zero. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And I've asked hundreds of people. All right. I'll probably I'll say roughly maybe 220 or something like that. All right. But here's the bottom line. Melatonin is quite possibly the most powerful endogenously reduced anti-cancer hormone that humans make. Right. All right. So if your melatonin screwed up because you're up doing the laptop lap dance all night or you're working overnight shift. Cancer is going to come knocking a much higher likelihood of that because you don't have the most important defense your body should have. And so all of these things are contained within Sleep Smarter. But and this was just a preview to the next show that we'll do, Ronnie. But what we really focus on in the book is solutions. I'm I'm a real like I don't I absolutely love this kind of information. I love it. But but I don't want to be a human filing cabinet. <laughs> I want to know how to execute. Like what can I do to change something? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to know about the pieces and why it works, what's happening. But at the end of the day, what can I do and what can I give to somebody else to change their life right now? What can I do right now? That can help me sleep better at night. And I'm going to share one quick tip here. One, one quick one. And something that can resonate with this audience. All right? Because we talk about this specific time to exercise to improve your sleep quality. 75% more deep sleep if you exercise at this time. All right? Um, we talk about uh, uh, nutrition as related to sleep. What? How your microbiome mm-hmm. actually influences your sleep cycle. Specific good sleep nutrients that you need to get on a daily basis. That's in the book. But there's something else that's also relevant that, you know, I don't often talk about this one, but I'm going to share it with you guys really quickly. So fascinating research and showing how important body work is yes. sleep quality. All right. And uh, one of the people that I consulted with on this was Dr. Kelly Starrett. Uh, he wrote the New York Times bestseller. Becoming a supple leopard, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Really, it's a it's a it's a textbook. All right, this is for the nerdiest of the nerds, man. <laughs> but he told me, you know, he was like, if I can add one thing to your book, Sean, it would be to do this body work, you know, because at the time is we'll just say that I had twenty strategies and there's twenty one in the book ultimately, and he has this process called gut smashing, and basically you're taking one of those like little plastic balls that you would see in a bin at like a grocery store or Walmart or something and making sure that it's not completely hard and filled up, but just got a little gift to it. You put that bad boy on the floor, you lay your body down on top of it in your, in your midsection and you move around on the ball and let that ball kind of work into those muscle fibers and help to unglue is what he says, unglue, um, those muscle fibers and, and, one of the biggest reasons this is effective is that your vagus nerve, which yes. connects your gut to your brain, is along that track. And what the research has found is that 90% of the information with that super highway between your gut and your brain is sending messages 
to, from your gut to your brain and not the other way around. Okay? So in many ways, your gut is telling your brain what to do. So this is a parasympathetic nervous system hack. Yes. If you can massage that area, all right, and that's your rest and digest system, plus the common stuff that we're seeing now, it's very difficult to go very far without seeing a new uh, a massage place somewhere. You know, they're franchises everywhere because it's coming back in favor with popular culture. And I know I have, but a lot of times people will fall asleep on the table, all right, because you're getting activation, oxytocin, endorphins, serotonin. Serotonin is a, a precursor for melatonin. We already talked a little bit about oxytocin. And I can go on and on and on in the benefits, all right? And after you're done even getting a, a massage, even if you don't go to bed for, you know, just say five hours later, you're still chilling. Life is good. Like, if it, people are upset around you, it's like, why so serious? <laughs> you know, like you've got this buffer and you're, you're good. You know, stress is automatically reduced. So consistently um, getting massage therapy. And this doesn't have to be where you're paying whatever. This can be a family member. This could be self-massage. And we talk about even certain acupressure points. Incredible clinically proven research in, in the book a specific acupressure point that if you hold that point and manipulate that point, you're going to increase your melatonin production. What? You guys know this. Ronnie's audience knows this stuff. You know that this, these things are possible, but the public at large doesn't really know this thing. And this is what Sleep Smart is really about is bringing that information to the forefront so that everybody can take advantage of it and use it to transform their lives. Mm, that, you, you brought up so many little uh, tidbits in there that are so um, relative to so many things that I talk about pretty much all the time. Anyone that really is tuned into my work knows that I'm obsessive about hormones, about estrogen dominance, about um, aromatization, which you, you know very well, that process when, quote unquote, good hormones become converted into negative estrogens. Um, and melatonin, funny enough, is anti-estradiol, uh, anti-toxic estrogen for layman's terms and actually blocks, it helps to kind of somehow inhibit that, that estrogen uh, conversion. And so when you mentioned that melatonin is anti-cancerous, I was like, uh-huh, see, that's mm-hmm. another one of those little things. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to say too, you know, this is like a nerdy, a nerd moment for a second. I'm not going to go too far into it, but the body work thing. I have a friend um, who I'm going to have on the show soon. He does neuromuscular release therapy, the the most intense, like at the level of like Maori body work. It's that level of intensity. And I've done so many sessions with him. And one of the things he'll do, he works specifically with the vagus nerve as as the goal of recalibrating it so your parasympathetic nervous system can actually come back into dominance, like that yin-yang balance. And he'll take his elbow and he has you relax your stomach. He'll drive his elbow through your through the, the muscle fibers, the abdominal wall, and move it around to the point where you feel like he's going to hit your spine, like it's it's full on intense, but after he lifts up, it's almost like this energy that's been um, cemented in your physical tissues. Like it's like <gasps> it like right off gases out of you. It's like a 
you know, call it like a energetic release. It's, it's the most incredible thing um, and the most intense, painful thing at the same time. And not in like, as you said, not everyone has to experience that level. But I just want to bring that example to further qualify what you're saying is because I've had that experience. I know so many people that have had um, even just basic body work. The, the idea of having that hands-on touch, having another human being touch you is healing in of itself. Yes, you said it, man. And this is another thing that we can get disconnected from in our culture today where we're so isolated, you know, and this is a really, it's a subtle shout out to reconnect to what's most important about us. You know, this interview has gone a lot of different places. And at the end of the day, this is really about becoming the best version of ourselves. And many of the pieces that we've discussed are obviously uh, going to be some game changers for a lot of people. And like I said, man, we've got to do this again. And I'll come back on and, mm-hmm. and dive more into the the tips and strategies. But of course, people can pick up, pick up the book today. And I promise you, it's going to be something that impacts your life for many, many, many years to come. Mm, so where can everybody find you, your podcast, the book? How can they get it right now? Awesome. Yeah. So everybody can pick up the book at the usual places, Amazon.com. You can pick it up at BarnesandNoble.com, your local bookstore. If they happen to be out, we're sold out at a few stores. If they happen to be out and you go there for it, just look them in their eyes and say, I'm the captain now. And demand (laughs) that they get the book back in stock uh, immediately. But also, of course, um, we've got a couple of bonuses at SleepSmarterBook.com that are in conjunction with the book and just kind of celebrating this movement that's happening. And again, man, thank you so much for creating the space for today and for having me on. Always a pleasure, man. I truly appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you for um, being willing to open up and share all the insights and uh, your own personal experiences. I know everyone's going to appreciate it. Um, None of least myself and yeah, everyone listening You got the call. It's time to answer the call, not just to sleep better, but to sleep smarter. And you know now where to get that information and how to start applying it to your life. I highly recommend you all check out Sean's podcast. I listen to it regularly. It's one of my favorites. Um, Brings a new spice and flavor to the whole health podcasting world. And the last thing I want to say for all of you is that I say this quite often, implement. Do it now. Do it now. What do I mean by that? I mean the things that resonate with you. Pay attention to what you're paying attention to. If something in this conversation resonated with you, it gave you an aha moment. That's the thing for you. You don't have to take everything. Just take that one thing, implement it, create a discipline around it, and then build from there. So, With that said, thank you so much to our special guest, Sean Stevenson, and thanks to all of you for joining us for another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast, and we will catch you next time. Aloha.